Welcome back, listeners. On this episode, we welcome Peter Shiveris, editor of The Power of the Dog. The Power of the Dog was directed by Jane Campion. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and Cody Smith McPhee. I know you had a, a sort of an interesting story in lockdown in terms of editing this film. Can you sort of take me through that? Yeah, well, we started, the original plan for the edit was to meet in Sydney. I'm in Melbourne, Jane was shooting in New Zealand and we were going to meet in Sydney and then um, the pandemic happened, the shoot got shut down in the middle uh, and then picked up three months later. In that time, I had a baby. (laughs) Um, So I couldn't leave right away to go to New Zealand. So we had a few weeks of um kind of remote sessions from melbourne to new zealand and then i finally got on a plane got to new zealand and then did two weeks of quarantine um and set up in the hotel on the smallest possible desk you could ever find for an edit suite (laughs) and the hotel tv as my monitor um and me and jane didn't know each other very well yet uh because it's our first time working together so yeah, it was kind of crazy um, to get to know each other on Zoom, essentially, and mm-hmm. and with a with a um, with a um, iMac that had its camera like on top, and because the desk was so small, like the screen was right near my head, <laughs> <laughs> so Jane could barely see me. Um, she could just see me kind of looking down at the keyboard. Uh, yeah, so it was it was kind of. It was kind of weirdly, we got a lot of work done because there wasn't much else to do. And it wasn't, um, yeah, it was It was just kind of like, okay, but let's just get through this and get something out of it and get work done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we finally got together and it was awesome um, to be in the same room. But then that was a whole nother learning curve because it's like, okay, now we're actually getting to know each other for real. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's an adjustment period there. But it was great in New Zealand because we were totally um left alone in a sense because no one else was there it was just me jane and my assistant and and um and uh vfx uh editor and it was like um yeah it's like a very relaxed way to get into it and get a lot of work done it was um, mm-hmm. it was cool yeah um so i i can even ask how did you um jane uh that was, you know, like just just an email in the um, came in from one of the producers, Libby Sharp, uh, and then I kind of found out later that Jane, Jane and Dave Misho are quite good friends who I've worked with on my previous three films, Rover, War Machine, and The King. Um, and the, we were just finishing up The King when Jane was starting to look for editors, and they had dinner, and uh, Dave Dave gave me a very good review apparently, and. Um, I got on the list and we met and kind of hit it off. We had like a three hour interview slash meeting, um, went through lookbooks, talked about the script. Uh, and then, yeah, two days later, I got the email and I was on and it was, um, yeah, just waiting for it to start at that point. And then, yeah, and then it started and we kind of kept in touch a little during the shoot, but it's, you know, shoots are hectic and directors are busy. So we didn't talk too much till the lockdown break. Um, the first one, we we kind of connected quite a lot on that little, well, not little, three month 
down. <laughs> that so had you ever heard of the book before? No, never had heard of it. And I, I still haven't read it because I kind of make a point of not getting, um, not actually wanting to know anything about the script and the dailies. And, you know, I don't want to fill in any blanks that the audience can't fill in. Um, so uh, I still haven't read it. It's on my, it's kind of like on my to-do list now because <laughs> I feel like I should. Um, but it's also like, you know, we started this film in January two. 2020. So I've been living with it for a long time. So I feel like I need a little break. Yeah. <laughs> from well, the story. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um so I mean when it came to that that editing process, I mean, what were some of the I mean what can you sort of just take me through that and sort of what the day-to-day -day sort of looked like between you and Jane and your assistant and everyone that was involved in this sort of tiny war room, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, you know, pretty, we tried, you know, try to keep it very relaxed and just, just get through a lot. I mean, the first pass is always, um, I guess the scariest, uh, just because, you know, you kind of, you're dealing with everything in one pass, like in a row. So that, that was, um, but we got through it relatively quickly. And Jane's really great at not um, overdoing things, like not um, getting getting into the weeds on things too early and just really, really kind of getting to a place where we're like, okay, I think we're in a decent place on this and just letting it rest and watching it on the next run through. So, so it was kind of like, um, it was a process that, you know, you always kind of do that, but she's really strict with like, okay, well, let's not like, let's not waste like three hours trying to get this one kind of little section working. Um, mm -hmm like let's just get it to a decent place and then move on which which was cool like you could just I could just feel how experienced she was in the edit so it was like um you know she's she's uh been around for a very long time made some very uh great films and yeah has so that that was kind of very evident from the start like okay Jane Jane knows her way around the edit suite <laughs> yeah she's she's done this a few times um <laughs> Yeah, so, and it was cool though, like, you know, she's a really incredibly fun person. So it was, it was, there was a lot of good, good laughs and <laughs> tried to keep it really, um, a really fun space where we could just throw around ideas and, you know, just do, do a day at work and actually have a good time, have, get some lunch, kind of, you know, um, but it was like heads down, definitely. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we felt like, okay, let's get, let's get this working really. Like it was, um, there was an intensity to the work that uh, was, you know, very evident from the start as well. It was like, okay, we got some work to do. Let's get it done. <laughs> <laughs> and then adding in Johnny Greenwood's score. Um, I mean, what an amazing uh, score that was um, and is. Uh, but can you sort of talk me through the, the way that you sort of found um, found each of it, each of the sort of intricate parts of the score and placed it so properly in these particular moments. Yeah, I mean, we kind of got the score delivered in, um, I think week one, or I think maybe half in week one and then the other half in week two of the edit. So most of the music in the film we actually had from 
very start of the cut, which was such a, you know, it doesn't actually happen that often. I mean, I've had that twice on films and it's such a great way to work because it kind of becomes like cutting another character in the movie. It's like you kind of listen to it all and you get to know it and you kind of know what you've got and you know what characteristics it ha you have to play with and it just becomes an element that is totally part of the film from the very beginning rather than you know like finding great temp and then having to replace it or um, you know or having it all change in the last few months of the cut so it was really a, a really organic process where we just kind of would um you know we kind of had a feeling of where we wanted music but we also knew we didn't want to underscore anything in the first kind of two-thirds of the movie we didn't want to underscore any scenes like dialogue scenes it was kind of we kind of used it in a sense to support feelings that were happening in in the more crucial scenes um and a way to kind of bring atmosphere into the film with you know, going out of a scene into a landscape or just extend a feeling or come in to something with a, with some tension or foreboding. Um, so yeah, it was really organic. And we, we knew we wanted the music to kind of build throughout the film and get more intense towards the end, like in it, both in its kind of, in, in its own quality, but also in how much we used it. So we kind of really wanted to be, uh, quite spare with it and not not overdo it too early and just kind of let the film let the uh, score build in the same way the film we were trying to build the film essentially so yeah it was um I mean such a blessing to have you know 35 Johnny Greenwood cues to start playing with from the start so it's it's a lot of it's about reacting um you know and just really being in tune with what the film needs and learning learning what you need um so yeah a lot of it you know, in the first pass, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that stayed there, and then and we got right, and then you know, you just keep on improving, improving, and finding moments where it's like, ah, oh, this moment could use some some Johnny, Johnny would be cool here. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of it's, you know, um, it's kind of like being both analytical about it and instinctual at this at the same time, and always keeping those two kind of hats on, you know, where you can. Because, you know, Jane's work is so atmospheric and so human and based in feeling, um, you know, it's, but it is also cerebral. So it's kind of like you're balancing those two things um, quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And did you find when you were editing um, each of the characters that you were editing, editing them in a way, like a similar way? um throughout um um no not necessarily I think it was more uh scene dependent you know just whatever served the story I mean Phil Phil we kind of you know is a central character and he was always like had to be even though we kind of bring in different points of view throughout um with each chapter is kind of like keeping Phil in the center of uh, the story was was crucial. So we kind of, everyone had to serve Phil in a certain way. Um, you know, we had to really balance how much of other characters' points of view, like Peter's and Rose's, um, 
when they entered the story. So, so they kind of, there was a sense that, you know, those characters needed to be really um, established and we really needed to treat them the same way we treat Phil, but, but Phil was kind of their master. <laughs> the story is the master essentially. Like he, he kind of needed to be, um, you know, we could never go too, stray too far away from his, his point of view um, without the film kind of starting to sag and lose tension and, and be a little lost. And then Phil's, Phil, we kind of go in, you know, we peel back layers throughout the film. So he's kind of treated in a slightly different way, I guess, in terms of we just really go all the way in with him we you know we get into like macro details and and huge um tight close-ups and kind of so i mean not that we don't with the other other characters but you know we kind of yeah it's phil it's essentially a character study of phil so it's kind of yeah he got he, he gets a little more um a little more attention in a sense, not so much in the edit, but just the way the camera works with him. And so it's kind of a slightly different approach because um, you're working in a, in a slightly different texture with him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, besides the COVID challenge of it all, um, what, what other challenges did you face um, in this particular edit? Yeah, I mean, the big one was kind of related to what we were just talking about is like, how do you keep, um, how do you keep this film, we kind of really wanted to build a momentum and, and attention and, and keep that at a keep that building and, and um, gradually tightening and tightening and tightening uh, towards the end and, and the film kind of shifts, you know, from this kind of more um, aggressive kind of dangerous place to a more tender place and you know so it was kind of that I mean that was a challenge but but the tension was a challenge in terms of like you know we're, we're essentially each chapter we're kind of starting again so like you kind of needed to always keep Phil at the center and keep him in the scenes even though he wasn't in the scenes like um you know just this the sense that that he was he could pop up at any moment you know and um kind of he's kind of haunting rose throughout and then peter as well but they were kind of kept distant so it was it was there was a lot of balancing on how much how much we can invest in rose and peter's story um when they arrive at the ranch without losing phil and you know that took a really long time to get right it was because uh, there's quite a lot of scenes that we had to lift or like half scenes to just get the balance right without without lo losing our way um, and kind of heading heading too far down one path and mm -hmm. you know forgetting about the other. Mm -hmm. And so, would you say that was the hardest chapter um, to to cut? Yeah, I think Pete's arrival was the hardest chapter because we are essentially like really starting kind of anew. Like Peter kind of left you know, he's left at the boarding house in the start of chapter three. Um, and then we don't hear about him or see him. And then all of a sudden he arrives. So we kind of really needed to to bring him in in a way that, that 
that we didn't lose what was happening with Rose and and have his um, arrival feel like it was going somewhere um, without, because there were a few scenes, there was a scene where Phil came up the stairs and Peter and George were like um, moving furniture into his new room and they were kind of getting settled and there was an exchange on the stairs and it kind of felt like it was an example of losing tension because uh, essentially they had a kind of exchange on the stairs and it kind of brought them together so soon when Peter arrived that that it kind of pulled all the tension out of what came next because it was kind of like okay there's a there's a kind of there's the full stop and it was kind of like removing all those full stops so it kind of felt like okay there's like they haven't come together yet they haven't come together yet and you just knew it was building to that moment where Pete finds his magazines in the in the sacred place and they have an exchange and even then we had an ending to that scene where Phil actually caught Peter and kind of you know, um, gave him gave him a serve and yelled at him and, um, you know, threw him to the ground. And it was kind of like, it was like closing a book. The next scene then lost everything. So it was kind of always about like, how do we, how do we maintain the tension and the distance, but have them in close enough proximity that there's a threat there, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So it was... Um, a really tricky balance and figuring out what what's working against us and how we can you know keep everything that we need but 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 just like surgically slowly like remove the things that are working against us and a lot of it's just takes a long time to figure those little beats out like what's working for us and what's what's taking tension away from the story so that was a really tricky balance because you also want as much of they're great performances and keep, you want to keep everything <laughs> in a sense, you know, cause everything's great. But um, yeah, there's a lot of um, shaping in that regard. And then the other tricky thing is just like these, these scenes are so ambiguous and it's like writing a line where the audience isn't confused, but doesn't know what's happening is a really tricky uh, thing to figure out mm. like <laughs> how to play a scene. Um, that has that quality like you could almost read each of those dialogue scenes like in two different ways but both of them kind of work but you don't know which one it is <laughs> as an audience so mm -hmm. it's kind of just keeping people off balance but not not lost um, yeah yeah no i i completely get that i mean you were about to you you basically answered one of my questions in terms of i mean with that scene where he finds the magazines I was like on pins and needles waiting to see if there was going to be that like, oh, I caught you, but yeah, and it's just like, it doesn't die, but it's just like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, cut to black, yeah, yeah. But one one scene that I do, do want to talk about is, I mean, obviously the end. Was there any other cut that that could have been? I mean, I the the very very end. Yes, the very end. The variant. There was actually there's a few options there. Um, there, there was a there was actually a um, shot of Pete's medical book with a that kind of was a slow, beautiful, beautiful actual camera work from Ari Wagner. It was like this really beautiful track over his medical medical books that landed on a definition of anthrax. Um, 
and it really spells out everything like you know it kind of yeah it, it was like an explanation i guess um mm -hmm. this is the this is what happened this is what peter did uh and we did have it there for a while and we kind of played with it and we we took it out we put it in and it, we just felt every time it was one we felt like the audience had it enough information like if a few people missed it it was like okay that's fine it's like but the majority of people should have what they need <laughs> yeah to, to make sense of it um and it's all it's cool if they ask someone else who <laughs> 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 did get it you know um but what it did was it kind of took away from that feeling that we were hoping people would get and it feels like a lot of people I've talked to have been left with these kind of with so many questions and and different you know um ideas about the film and and about the relationships in the film what happened what did Pete do did he do it for this reason did he do it for that reason was were they actually falling in love or was it actually all a, you know uh a, fantasy. Uh, you know, a, a great con you know um yeah. so it's like we really wanted to end with this like complexity of ideas um with like you know conflicting maybe thoughts for an audience but this, when you kind of went to a book in such a definitive definition it kind of really took away from that sense that it could be like so many things um just made it like really about the twist and nothing else um so that that was that was a big call, um, but but yeah, we could just feel by the end of the edit like okay, yeah, we definitely don't want to bring it down to just like okay, this is a twist movie about like anthrax. It's like it should be there should be so much more going on. But it really, when you kind of focus in on one thing like that, it kind of really closes that everything else off in a sense mm -hmm. or dulls it at the very least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. I definitely have more questions than answers um, at the yeah. end. Um, so I definitely felt that. I mean, I also felt that bit of putting puzzle pieces together in the final like five minutes where it was just like, oh wait, this is, I get why this happened and then why this happened. And then finally, like as the whole thing wraps and it goes black, it's kind of just like, holy shit, almost just like <laughs> it all just came together. So um, that, I think that's absolutely incredible. Um, but I guess sort of as one of my final questions, uh, what is your biggest takeaway um, from the project? And then I, what do you hope that audiences take away from the project? Um, my biggest takeaway, uh, I guess it's a tough one. I mean, my biggest takeaway is probably like the collaboration with Jane was such an incredible, um, incredible joy and and you know always kind of by the end of an edit you've spent eight months in a room together with someone and just how um how brilliant she is and how um how much she trusts her instincts you know in a way that i've never quite seen it be that refined like she kind of really like the heart leads and the head makes sense of it in a way or something, something like that. It's, um, it's, so my biggest takeaway was probably that experience with Jane. Um, and, and just how, 
brave uh, a filmmaker she is, where, you know, and bold, which I really love. So it was kind of um, kind of incredibly inspirational to be working with someone like that. It kind of makes you kind of think about things in a slightly different way, or really pushes you to go go as far as you can with um, ideas and and explore everything. And yeah, so that's that was kind of. Um, the collaboration was my biggest takeaway because uh, I guess I've watched the film like a million times. So, <laughs> <laughs> but what I what we hope the audience will get out of it is, you know, partly that you'd want to watch this film multiple times because there's, you know, it's incredibly detailed, incredibly layered, and it's um, it's a film that invites a lot of thought and asks a lot of questions about, you know thematically and then also like um just in a really you know story plot way as well you know it's like it's a bit of work for an audience um so i'm hoping that an audience can take away the the enjoyment of of putting that puzzle together but also getting really deep into the humanity of um of the story and really really thinking about um, all the themes and, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know. That's a bit of a, <laughs> no, 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 it's that's, a tough yeah. that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, it, this is so cool that I had the chance to talk to you and um, I'm oh, so excited for this to continue to roll out and for people to keep having discussions around this film because I think it it is really special um, what you guys were able to do with this. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jackson Vickery. Graphics were done by Dylan Michael and the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.